We live in a fast-paced and hectic world where it's easy to feel overwhelmed, stressed, and out of control. How do you manage all the competing pressures without losing sense of yourself? How do you stay focused enough to not only plot a path, but follow it? Welcome to Recovery Road, a show that offers inspiration, insight, and intelligence, as well as success stories from many walks of life that can show you how you can control your own destiny. Our knowledgeable and entertaining hosts and their guests give practical advice that you can use every day on your road to recovery. Now, here are your hosts, Leah Mattinson and Greg Bird. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Master Your Life, the show of insight, intelligence, and inspiration, where I ask you each episode to consider who is it you are right now and who is it you have most love to be? What is it you're trying to create in your life? Are there things that you want to tweak and make them better? And, and if so, then you might find some of that inspiration here. I'm joined this lovely Monday by my wonderful co-host, Greg Bird. Greg, how are you doing today? Great, Aaliyah. Thank you. This is episode number six, so I can't believe how time flies. Episode number six. So today we're going to be talking about sailing through the divorce storm smoothly, serenely, and stronger. Um, and we brought on a wonderful guest today, which Greg, you're going to be introducing. So take it away, Greg Bird. Yeah. Thank you, Leah. So this is my dear friend, Kritika Patel, who I've known now for two years. And we got going on this topic the last few weeks of, you know, we've been trying to help couples go through this time frame, the ones that are really struggling we've seen an increase of separations and divorces touching now 70%, which is so sad. But sometimes there comes a point in time that the inevitable will happen. So I thought right away out of a couple that actually did this the best, and this would have been Kritika and Charlie Patel. So my dear friend I want to welcome is Kritika. Kritika, welcome to the stage. Thank you so much. I'm actually like the timing of this conversation is probably the best time now. And I appreciate having this opportunity to talk to you guys about it. I personally don't really think I moved into it and just sailed through it and whatever. But I mean, it means a lot that you were able to recognize that and to be able to um, really hear about both sides of the fence when it came to um, going through the divorce. So I appreciate this opportunity. Awesome. And I think there's a, right now is a really unique time uh, universally uh, that we're going through this really heavy compression that everybody is feeling it. If you look out throughout the world, everyone's going through this very, very internal, it feels compressed externally, it feels compressed, and that's for real. And so the other change that's happening right now, those people are more conscious than ever, and more enlightened than ever. And so the purpose of this show really is to get people to think consciously about how are they taking those old paradigms of what used to be the way that you dealt with stuff in your life? And how do you reposition your direction so that you're actually bringing in more light and more love and more fun into your life uh, at, on a consistent basis? So it's not dragging that old models of dealing for things like divorce through to this new um, paradigm. It's actually building a new paradigm. And so what your story I think does Critica beautifully is that it shows that sort of bridge between the old um, parallel, the old world of doing things in a really mean, nasty ways, and how we can actually do it differently. So I'm glad that we have a real life example of this that we can we can speak into. Mm -hmm. Greg? 
I was just going to say what Kritika and Charlie both exemplify is that intelligence, yeah. that insight and inspiration. So we're going to dive that into that today. So before we do, <laughs> some divorces feel like this, and I've got the meme of the day. So are okay. you guys ready? We're ready. Oh my God. <laughs> I just couldn't stop laughing like all morning this morning, looking at all these Bernie Sanders memes. And I just, I, I'm going to just delight your audience. Are you ready? So have you ever been in a marriage or a relationship where it's felt like this? And you got Bernie Sanders, like got somebody in an arm bar. <laughs> you got Joe Rogan, the, the UFC commentators. Oh, it gets better. So then here's him in uh, good old Forrest Gump. Life's like a box of chocolates. He's waiting on the bus bench. I can only imagine how that conversation went. And then everyone remembers this one, uh, just oh. to date ourselves a little bit here, a little bit of episode of Friends. So you reruns. got- Reruns, uh, we watched that on reruns. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. There's Bernie. Oh, it gets better, you guys. Are any Game of Thrones fans out there? <laughs> On the Iron Throne, that was the best. Oh, and here, here, this is hilarious. So remember Gangnam Style? You got right. Bernie Sanders there doing the Gangnam Style. And one more. Let's get a little biblical here for a moment. You got him right up there, the Last Supper with Jesus. <laughs> right? Oh, look where he's Oh, my God, I can't stop laughing. <laughs> oh, this one's like, so, so those, those are memes with no captions. Now, this one was good because good old Alberta, Canada here. We're finally feeling the Alberta weather mm -hmm. in January that I remember as a kid. And Leah, when we rode the school bus, remember those days we prayed for that to be a snow day? It had to be minus 40. Yes. This one is when yeah. it's so cold that even the ghost haunting your house freezes to death. <laughs> There's like literally some icicles. <laughs> They're frozen like a ghost. <laughs> it was like that today. It was finally. Yeah. 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 I got to my truck and I washed it, silly me, on Sunday. I couldn't even get oh, into yeah. my door until it heated up for about 15 minutes. But here's the Monday motivation that came through. And again, I credit all my great friends on my Facebook and social media that post the good stuff because we all know there's the garbage that's out there. This is Monday motivation. So this is going to set the tone for today. Are you ready for this? Ready. Okay. Monday motivation. The most important thing in life is to always keep both your mind and heart open to the many opportunities people, beauty, and love that comes your way. Boundaries do not keep things and people out. The only fence you, they only fence you in. Life is messy and that's how we're made. So you can waste your life drawing lines or you can live your life crossing them. Which do you choose? Leah, over to you. <laughs> Which lines? Well, let's talk about crossing some lines. Not today, no. <laughs> We're going to cross some lines around how we deal with each other in relationship. I think that that's the most important thing. So um, let's talk about how your uh, marriage, how long were you married for, Critica? Maybe you could just give us a little bit of a snippet about life before and life after, but life before divorce. Uh, life before divorce. So, yeah. well, I was just really focused on my career and, um, I just wanted to, there were like some struggles that were starting to happen. So we've been actually married for since 2000 and officially divorced in January of this year. So that's exciting for me um, and him. And um, it was uh, just like certain things, like the normal stuff that everybody kind of goes through day by day. And like, you know, the struggles of life, having children, we have two kids. Um, so we've been married for a long time. 
And um, so when that transition started happening, I started realizing like, wow, it was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. The right thing to part at the time that we did. And uh, now it was like, again, like now what do I do? Like, how do I do this? How do I move on? I have business together with this man and um, mm-hmm. nobody really goes goes and gets married to know that they're going to get divorced, right? It's really highly unlikely that that's the mindset going in. So transition wise, it's been quite the journey in the last two years, I would say, because it was like two years of almost two years of separation. So um, but it was a good journey. And it was something that was necessary and had to be done. So yeah. Now at the beginning of that two years, uh, it was actually when I met the both of you. So I just started with my new role as a director and um, working at our brokerage firm, I got to know both of you right at the same time. It was a really interesting, interesting perspective. And one thing you shared with me, Kritika, that you made right out of the gate was this vow to yourself. Do you want to share a little bit about that? Yeah, so I do believe in, I don't know, it just kind of hit me one day. And it was through conversation with my ex that we had this, we had this like defining moment where both of us were saying that the situation already is so hard. It's so it's not the greatest thing to go through. You almost feel like a failure and there's, there's all these other emotions that kind of come into it. But uh, we, we both just made that vow at that time to say, you know what, let's just make a vow to make this exit the best we can and move on forward in the best way possible, uplifting one another as much as we can. Cause we already know it's all this other talk around us that's gonna start coming in And so we wanted to kind of shield ourselves around that. And um, that was just a vow to ourselves, raising each other up and to make sure that we're going to go through this as healthy as we possibly can. Yeah, it's a very unique position because I think a lot of people wouldn't think about that being part of the um, construct of their divorce agreement. It's more like, let's call the lawyers and (laughs) let's get the lawyers involved. And that, that can create a lot of disharmony and a difficult time to be able to have conversations that are peaceful. Um, But it sounds like you had a little bit of a runway. And I think most people have a little bit of a runway up to when the actual separation and divorce are happening. Do you credit anything in particular to, you know, having the insight or the wisdom to have that conversation, Um, like a way that you were raised or kind of fundamentally how you, how you would have come up with that as a solution? I think like the way that I've always conducted myself when it comes to adversity or there's going to be some things where I know an emotional decision is not going to be the right thing for me to do or make at that time. Um, I've learned that I've learned that through my marriage actually. So um, that is a, is a, a major thing for everybody to recognize. And that what I'm specifically talking about is like really taking the time to say to yourself that it's okay to hurt. It's okay to feel the feelings that you have towards each other. It really feels like a death. So let's just take our time and go through it the best way we possibly know and can go through the best way with the right support and to be able to really be mindful that you're going to have people say to you, you need a separation agreement and now you need to go do this and now you need to get the heck out of there. And like, oh my gosh, it was so overwhelming that that seemed to have taken on another task in itself. So once we started dialing back and really focusing on like what is good for him and I, mm-hmm. and really was just like time of healing. 
and making sure that we're not making these irrational decisions when our emotions are so high, because that is expected and you have to give yourself time to go through it. Wow. Yeah. And one thing you said there, Critic, that really resonates with me is you said you included the kids right at the onset. You thought about them, you acknowledged them, but then you built a plan together uh, with Charlie to actually work through that. And you, I've seen your wonderful children, like your son and your daughter are just awesome kids. And I love how you post and you're so, you know, charged up with them. You know, walk us through a little bit about some of the, the conversations you had with Charlie, but also with the kids. I think uh, you had shared with me that, you know, how vulnerable you had to be with them. Well, conversations more so like I could probably talk about it with the children because like with my ex and I we just made that decision and so now it's like okay I don't rely on conversations and he doesn't want to rely on conversations for support compassion all that kind of stuff that's not going to happen right so that's like a mental mindset that that is severed you have to move on so the only people at that time that are going to suffer as much as myself for the children and they were so used to seeing business mom mode, mom at home, mom taking them here and there, you know, not being so vulnerable. And then one day I just realized real quick, these kids are already hurting so much too, like their dreams and world has been shattered. It was not easy for them. But once I opened up to show like how emotional I can actually really get and how they were able to experience mom's hit rock bottom. They were like, whoa, she's human. And that was a great experience because that brought us into mom, mom and um, son and daughter relationship to mom, son and daughter friend relationship. Like we're here for each other. Yeah. So and that how old were the kids when that was going on that couple of years. Okay, so my son is 17, so 15, and my daughter's 14, so yeah, 15 and 12. And did you have anyone else helping you to process that stuff, or did you just intuitively know how to allow conversations with your kids, or did you have somebody coaching you, or, or how did you do that? Well, there's a lot of coaching on the sense of family. I owe it to my family, like my mom, my dad, my sister. Mm-hmm. Being East Indian, too, it's not the easiest to say, hey, I'm going through the D word. You know, it's not, it's a cultural thing. So that was another thing I was facing. But at the end of the day, it was more so, um, it was more so that the support that was given to them from me, I had to recognize that they're doing it out of love for me, Mm -hmm. right? I don't agree. I'm very stubborn. So I'm not agreeing with everything that they're asking me to do or saying, but they were able to reach out to the children on their own time and go through it because you know, as children, this is one of the things I can tell every single parent, you might think they're doing okay, but they really aren't because they're protecting their feelings for you. Right. So when they see mom kind of weeping at night, and like, here's a strong mom, and now she's like a little baby. Mm -hmm. It was my parents stepped in, my sister stepped in to like, call them on their own and be like, you can talk to me. I'm not going to start crying like your mom. So that was huge for support for my children. Thank you for bringing that up because I do, uh, I think it's important for people to other people to understand that you're not solo going through this stuff and you're, you will move through things in a much healthier way if you have good family support um, because the kids roles get really whacked out. It's like, they're no longer the kids anymore. So that whole um, foundation has really been like, whoosh, 
out from under them. And I think every culture, I don't know any culture where it's okay to get divorced. None. I don't know anyone who goes to their family and says, I'm getting a divorce. And they go, oh, yeah, that's all good. Let's go, you know, (laughs) throw some Frisbees around or whatever. No, everybody, every culture wants their, wants their. Call me Catholic. Call me Catholic. (laughs) But but I do think that there's all, there's, there are, right, every culture. And I think we like to think that our culture is in particular special about how we deal with divorce or how much shame is attached or how much, you know, whatever is attached that. Um, that really human beings don't set, we're, we don't set ourselves up to want to be separated from the people who we make a commitment to. Like we've committed on this, you know, playing field with this other human being. And, um, and so part of the, part of my um, uh, thinking, I guess, in terms of spiritual thinking around relationships is to get people to be thinking as much out of the box as they possibly can. So you can talk to anybody in any culture about these things that are going on and they'll be very, very similar. The, the grieving process is very similar. The family support is very similar. Um, you know, grandma's there if grandma's alive to help take care of and, mop, you know, mop up behind the mess, grandpa too, you know. So there, so when you've got these um, family structures, thank goodness that some of them are still together. Like I think our age group has been quite decimated culturally for a lot of reasons and intentional. Um, but we have, thank goodness, still some people who are alive that are living examples of how you can now navigate through life together. And, you know, then how do we actually um, take that wisdom of old and then move it into this new uh, reality? And that we've got um, to understand that kids have been struggling for now five decades because divorce has been around for and family separation and decimation has been around um, for close to 50 years. So this is not a one generation thing. This has been our new imprint so when we go, this is like the reality of our lives is that we get divorced. How sad is that? Like that that would be the thing that, that would be our accepting that sort of a, a paradigm um, without understanding and much to your credit, the implications that it could have had for your children and to your family stepping in and going, okay, like how are we going to rally the forces and how are we going to make sure that the kids have the emotional support um, that they need and that you have the support that you need. Uh, as well. I think kudos to them. Um, and that's just absolutely awesome. And for, and for them to not harbor resentment also, I think, was there any resentment in your family or did people move through that pretty quickly just seeing that it needed to happen, that the d- disillusion of the marriage needed to happen? I think there's no reason. No, there wasn't any resentment because like, you know, you, you give it that fair of a shot for that many years. Mm-hmm. You know, at that point, it's like, okay, you know what? Yeah. Everything has been done at that time. It's over 20 years. Let's like move on here, right? Yeah. Uh, I I only have that many more years in my life. So I might as well just do this now. And guys, it's not great. It's not the fairy tale, but can we right. just, yeah. That's exactly what we did. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. For the- I'm in here on the, <clears throat> there's one uh, part you had mentioned there, both of you, uh, about family. And one thing I'll I'll admit of how hard it was for me as the man in my Catholic marriage to actually reach out to people that would understand what I was kind of feeling. And that was the biggest challenge for me, even though my I got a very loving family and support, um, as I've shared with the world and the listeners. One thing that was a big challenge for me was finding those who would kind of went through some of those same emotions where 
strategy that I used was my godmother had went through a divorce. And then my Auntie Jane, who was like a sister to me, 10 years older than me, uh, and she'd actually approached me and... <laughs> Gosh, I'll never forget this one thing she said to me as she was going through her divorces. She's like, Greg, did it ever feel like your heart was going to explode? And my answer to that question was, oh, God, Jane, every day, that pain that I felt. So I felt comfort in some of the support I received in the family that went above and beyond. And my Auntie Teresa, who's my godmother, um, and also my Auntie Jane, really helped me through that time. So it's sometimes picking the right family members, too, if you're finding that struggle. If anyone's listening where... You're kind of stuck and you feel the humility that I did. And I'll quite humbly admit, you know, I didn't know where to turn. There was moments where I was just like crawled up in a ball in the bathroom saying, what do I do next? And it was just, you know, first of all, kind of this saying that prayer just to kind of lift your spirits up that 1%. And then, you know, who can I reach out to and who can I really rally for support? Because when you feel like you're going it alone, it can be such a tough battle. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'll build upon that. Another element, uh, Critica, that you and Charlie went through is you guys had a business divorce. So you had a two for one doozy here. And seeing the elements that both of you took to really preserve from a financial perspective, that because I know a lot of different businesses that are out there, even just within the realms of our firm, where there's a husband and wife that have maybe went through some challenges, or maybe they're going through what we're talking about today. You know, what were some of the building blocks of that to maintain the business, Critica? I think um, that was one thing him and I were really good at doing was uh, no matter what was going on in the home life, our business was never suffering, really. Like it was just like, boom, we get along in business, no problem. <laughs> um, but we just wanted to make sure that our clients were were good, mm-hmm. not showing up their world either because that's not their problem, right? It was our personal situation. So one of the things that we just made sure of is like um, – when we kind of were over the emotional side and like getting our heads right and going, okay, so this is the next step now in our business. Uh, we just wanted to reach out to some clients and talk to them about it and being able to say, okay, this is what's happening. You know, whatever insurances and investments you guys have, everything's going to be fine and we can move forward with it. Um, yeah. Like it's, Oh geez. We've been, we went into business together since 2008. I want to say, so it was a, it's, it's quite the pulling apart feels like, you know, having a piece of gum in your mouth and you're trying to like pull it apart with your fingers. I don't know why I said that, but it's a good example. It is good example. Very, very difficult. I've I've been in business with one of my husbands too. So yeah, totally. It is. It's incredibly delicate. The delicate thing. And you know what? Um, one of the things that we had to make sure of is, again, there's that hidden um, respect for each other that mm-hmm. I don't want him to suffer in any way. And he doesn't want me to suffer in any way. I can say that 100% with both of our hearts, for sure. So whatever we got to do to keep each other elevated in business, keep ourselves, you know, like up and running, keep that face going as much as we can to support each other. And even up until today, we can have phone calls and say, hey, you know, like this is what's happening, so-and-so, and and what do you recommend? So in business, yeah, we had to do that and we're still doing it. So um, it's quite the, when I really think about it two years ago, you guys, it just seemed like a huge mountain. Mm -hmm. It seemed like a huge mountain to climb. 
it was like, how am I going to do this on my own, two kids, business together? How am I going to even do it? So it was a real journey in the sense of the main thing was letting time take its course, like let time happen, let be patient, just keep being patient. And then things start to roll and things will start to happen. You're going to have people say, are you going to change your last name? Are you going to change your company? Are you going to let go of this person? Are you going to do that? Are you going to do that? Are you going to get a separation agreement? Oh my God. Like my, my head was inundated, but I have to say that I just kind of like shut all doors and pretended I was like in this like cabin and nobody's around me. And the only support I had was my friends, my family, and like my mom and dad and my sister, really. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, my children. That's it. And yeah. the rest of it, it just takes time to get through business and making all those decisions. Once you're healed, it's a big thing. Yeah. it's And uh, privacy mode is a really good um, analogy, you can be really inundated with a lot of people coming at you with all kinds of their ideas that they think are good for them, right? It's like, woo, how about no, thanks very much. No, no, no. <laughs> but I, think, I do have to say the pandemic and COVID helped in that way. You tell. Share right? more. That's yeah. another thing to look at it positively. Yeah. You can't go and distract yourself and being out and about and doing everything else. You have to focus mm-hmm. on yourself because we have no choice anyways. Mm-hmm. So, you know, going through this, it's crazy. This all happened when a pandemic is happening. I was like, wow, what else can go wrong? (laughs) So it's, it was perfect. It really forced um, myself to, I can only speak for myself here. It really forced myself to, to be like, okay, you got to focus in and you need to really evaluate what do you want and how do you want to execute this because I'm not going to be distracted by going here and going here and going here I can't so you said a really important word there is you were patient Uh, I love that you brought that up that's number one because it does take time that whole process honestly can't happen overnight because it's a grieving process as well and Leah you can speak to that as I think you would agree they gave themselves enough time to go through that process so I picked up on what you just said right there the other thing which I know is a huge core value for you and I can't speak for Charlie but I think it's the same as your guys's perspective and your positive attitude and I know you've got a great network of business owners around you Uh, you've volunteered your time you were nominated vice president of the chapter of this bni chapter your networking group that you have and one of their core values is positive attitude so if you want to speak to that how you kept your energy levels up through that time which i believe was important i'm really big on positive attitude huge it's and if we're talking about the bni world that is my number one favorite core value because of the reason that once your attitude is right and you're positive, you can take on anything. That doesn't mean you're not going to suffer sometimes, but it just means that you're able to get out and do something about it. And that was one thing that I always talk about consistently all the time. I have so many things that I'm up against right now still, right? So many things. I There's so much going on in my brain all the time, but at the end of the day, I'm so happy. Like, mm-hmm happy. Hey, what are you doing on Friday night? Nothing, just watching Netflix. And it's so peaceful and quiet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, everything is just 
about inner peace right now. And it's just, I'm so happy. I've never been such a hermit and I love it. I love it. It's like, Oh, I guess I'm going to get dressed up because I'm going to the kitchen today. Woo. (laughs) (laughs) Hello kitchen. Thank goodness for Zoom calls, right? (laughs) (laughs) On the phone, no jokes, you guys. Sometimes I'm on the phone and I'm like coming to the kitchen or coming to the living room, like good morning. And there's nobody there. Like, that's good. <laughs> so much peace and quiet. <laughs> yeah. Living my life for many. I, yeah, I've been I've been single solo for a long time. So when the grandkids come over, that's the that's when the wild the wild times happen. But let's go to your grieving process a little bit and the and the positive um, the the power of positivity because I do want people to understand that that's not quite the same thing as the. Uh, uh, you got to be positive about everything. And that's how, you know, you, you overcome stuff. You made a very important differentiation. And you said that you, you know, you are positive about things, you think about things, you're really reflective about things, and then you take action on them. So it's not like you're positive, 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 and then you do nothing. It's like positive, 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 introspective, do do activity that moves you towards the things that you want. So you're not expecting the solution to fall from the sky or, you know, come from, you know, unicorns or any of that stuff. It's actually, although I like that, I like it when the unicorns show up just as much as anybody, (laughs) but it's not, it isn't the the real world that we live in. Right. So you're, you're doing these things to activate on that um, internal wisdom. So if you're out in the world and you're distracted by going to, you know, have a few glasses of wine with your friends and talk about all of a sudden it turns into a, a big drama, which is only what you want to see on Netflix, not what you ever want to play out in your own real life. <laughs> so, you know, there's a difference between those things. So I just, I like that you're, uh, that you're pointing to what the, the differences are. And I, what are some of the, um, the other things that you guys did well, Greg, I know that you've spoken to this, that because you know, both of them, what are some other things that you can bring up that you noticed? I'm going to build on exactly what you just said. Thanks for bringing it up. So, you know, Leah, how we've been talking in a few episodes of those who absolutely just tried to hang on during 2020 and what would you argue is one of the toughest years ever? Mm-hmm. Well, why I've got examples like Critica and Charlie Fatale in my world and all the other great advisors and people that I've seen thrive through 2020, it only goes back to what she said about perspective. So again, what they were just shining examples is they had 2020 going through all this and that they had a stellar year. They're still growing their business on both sides, even though they split it to two different corporations, they're seeing like two, 300% growth. So to all those listening who are, you know, struggling and struggling, you know, they took action. And back to your point, it's one thing to be positive and that power of positivity. But when you're not proactive with that positive energy, mm-hmm. you could just get stuck in that rut and wait for the rainbows and butterflies. But Critica, what, what, just comment to everybody here, how you guys just kept focused and you just kept true to your core of who you are and kept relatable to people and just kept building your, your empire together, Critica. Yeah, I think, okay, so with the positivity and like making that a real thing for me, so in other words, blocking out anything negative, Mm -hmm. that's number one thing. So blocking out, like there's times, guys, I watch a movie and it's going to bring all these different feelings inside of me because Mm -hmm. of what I went through. And I'd be like, shut it off. Let's put something else on. I need some Russell Peters in this house right now, whatever, right? Just to help me through it. And then also making sure that, 
making sure that the people I'm talking to on a daily basis are uplifting me. It's huge, right? Because these are the people that see me so strong at all times. And now they're like seeing me turn into mush sometimes and they don't like, they're like, whoa, what's happening? Mm -hmm. So again, having that support. And then when it came to businesses, it's always healthier and you're going to make the best choices when you are positive, no matter what. You're going to want to make that extra phone call. You're going to want to work an extra couple hours. You're going to want to figure out what is it that you have left right now. And my happiness came from what I do. I love what I do. Yeah. That's why now I think I'm starting to a workaholic. I hate to say it mm-hmm. better than any other holics out there. And I love what I do. I'm always working. If I'm putting some time away to hang out with my friends, it's really because I'm putting that time away, but I could literally keep working because that's all I want to do. It gives me so much joy and happiness. And I think those are why that's why the numbers went up the way they did this year and all the support from my colleagues in the industry too. It was amazing how many people have reached out and it really gave me that extra Um, push, determination, and motivation to do something for myself and my children. Like I want to have that breakout year and I know I can do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fabulous, fabulous examples of a creative being in motion. So not getting stuck. One thing I want people to consider uh, and again, drill down on the point of making decisions when you're not in a good mood or not feeling good. Um, And because this will also come to the discussion time the discussion portion of the program where you're considering leaving your spouse or separating from your spouse um, doing it when you're in a good mood not doing it as a result of an angry fight or a uh you know being annoyed by stuff because again we are in some weird energy spiritually speaking until the end of the month i want you guys just to think about this it this way because we live in a place where there's seasons so a lot of people go i don't get the spiritual thing you will and it's important to understand that winter is winter like winter is winter for a reason things die in the winter things go into hibernation in the winter and then we come out in the spring and everyone that lives in alberta or you know most of canada can recognize that in the springtime you feel better that you're more uplifted that things start to grow that spring is sprung you know you see the little buds coming out on the trees and the crocus is coming up out of the meadow and that those times then you're uplifted but lots of times we'll make decisions. The universe is uplifted. It's coming into bloom. We're coming into that regeneration. And human beings are the same. We like to think we're not, but we're exactly the same as the seasons. So we have times when we're growing. We have times when we are creating. We have times when we're um, just trying to maintain the status quo, just growing a little bit each day. And then we have times of dying off. Things die off. Um, that's where we're kind of getting things sorted back into a sequence that we can live with. And then we have things in hibernation. Grieving is a good example of that. But during this particular winter, it's been a whole year of being at home and introspective and grieving. Most people have not spent that uh, time by themselves. Now, I have because I had this diagnosis of an incurable illness. 
Uh, and so that was my gift, something gifted to me, you know, 12 or 13 years ago now, uh, which I should already be institutionalized. It's like there should be lots of things happening in my life that are not. But it's because I isolated back then and I went to my internal voice of wisdom. And I understand that there is this natural process that where you're taking care of yourself properly, um, then your health can be good, your abundance can be good, but you have to recognize that there is time to make good decisions. And then there's times when you're just down and that you shouldn't make any big, critical, life-changing decisions during those times. To your point, it's like, get yourself up, get yourself meditating, get yourself motivating, praying, whatever it is to get centered and hear that internal voice of wisdom and look for the divine timing in it. Because you'll know when it's time to have the conversation when you go internal and you go, Oh, yeah. Okay, there it is. That's the message. I feel good. I'm at peace with this decision. And now I'm going to be able to have that conversation. And that will change a lot of what you're um, pointing to, Kritika, just about the, uh, you know, wanting each other to have a good life, not wanting each other to suffer. And those aren't the conversations that you have when you're coming at these things from a point of frustration, anger, being sequestered with each other for, you know, 10 months, <laughs> like people who haven't lived together for who haven't lived or been in the same space with children for all this time. So there's all these variables. Um, so I want, again, people to be considerate of their personal circumstances, and to be thinking about, are you in peace in making your decisions as you go forward? So that was my little side note. That, then the other thing is just to drill in a tiny bit into the other things that would have been a challenge for you during that time. Did you have any trouble with, um, you know, any mental health stuff or social stuff? or physical health things or just kind of I know maybe like sleep those things normal things yeah that's a really good point and like um really quick just to finish off with what you had mentioned one of the things that came up to me real quick is that when you are down let yourself be down mm -hmm. if you don't want to go come out of bed you don't want to get ready you want to cancel work whatever it is let yourself go through it it's okay don't feel guilty mm -hmm. about it because that is one thing as a businesswoman, I had to really figure out real quick. Yeah. I was not in the mental capacity to go, okay, clients, let's talk about stuff right now. No, that's not going to work. So I was able to real quick, and that was my therapist telling me, like, when you are there, let yourself be there. Mm -hmm. And you'll be able to pull up. So usually I would say to my mom, yeah, I'm kind of down. Give me 24 hours. I'll be fine. <laughs> you know, like make, make a joke about it. Right. Um, in terms of uh, what's some of the other, was it challenges that you were asking me? Yeah, challenges. So sleep, you know, physical health stuff that you noticed that you kind of went through that people could expect maybe and how you managed it. So sleep is one of those things I wish I could do and I can't. I just can't. So like, for example, my anxiety levels, I, I talk about this all the time. I feel like I'm a high functioning anxiety walking individual. Um, but I do have that in the especially in the first six months of me um, of setting up in another location. It was lots of anxiety, lots of sleepless nights. I was so groggy. I didn't even really know sometimes like who I was, I would like look at myself in the mirror. And yeah, I was dropping weight. And I'm already like a tiny person. So that wasn't healthy at all. Um, and then I think it was like three or four months into it where my kids were starting even to become concerned, like, mom, like, you're not looking too good. Mm -hmm. Right? 
And then my sister, my mom and dad, they're like, are you eating? And I'm like, I have absolutely no appetite. Mm -hmm. So again, it was that saying to myself again, that this is just seasonal, it's going to pass. Because my mindset is going to become super strong. Mm -hmm. Like enough's enough here. Yeah. And it was my friends who helped me get through it at that point too, because they're local. I don't even have family here. Mm-hmm. So it was my friends that became my family around me. And they were the ones that helped lift me and get me through it and like heard me. And, you know, they were there for me. So then the sleeping started to change. I started to feel hungry. I started off with some chips and then popcorn. And then awesome. I was like, oh, this is really, really good. It's a beer, I hear. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like, let's have some wine. I started to build it up and again, go to kind of like the comfort food and I started to feeling a little bit better. So it was just taking it day by day. Yeah. And I think about six to seven months into it, I was like, oh, wow, I'm going to rock this. Yeah. Really. And that's how it changed. Now, Kritika, you bring up sleep. That was a big one for me, going through the D in that time frame. I can remember the lack of sleep tried to, all of a sudden, it turned me into lizard brain, where then I was reactive to everything around me and wasn't thinking things through and logical, making terrible financial decisions, mm-hmm. relationship decisions, like in work and friends network, um, all those things said. So, Leah, I just want to thank you, and you gave me a really, really neat tip ever since you and I reconnected, and that was getting ready in that that mindset before bed and that meditation there's a lot of different uh, strategies you can use of meditation music things like that man that has helped me tremendously getting my energy tanks back up to 100 percent. so leah if you want to comment on that yeah absolutely most of the planet has really horrible sleep hygiene terrible so they've got their bedrooms have TVs in them. Number one, horrible mistake. And this isn't just my opinion. This is Harvard and Yale professors. So if y'all need that kind of scientific research, and I've interviewed them on my show. So, um, but just it's sleep hygiene is a really important thing. Just like you brush your teeth, you need to have a good sleep routine. Uh, y- you know, some people say they need less sleep than other people. Everything, everybody is an individual, but everybody needs sleep to repair their brain. And so when your brain isn't getting enough sleep, enough rest, you're actually not regenerating your brain cells. And the brain is not hard- hardwired. The brain is developing new brain cells each and every day. So the quality of those brain cells is very highly dependent on what you put in your mouth, including um, what you eat, what you watch, who you hang out with, the vibe of the people who you're with, and sleep. Um, So getting rid of your TVs, getting rid of your, your phones, your phones even have, I mean, if you're using it for a meditation app, try to turn everything else off. Um, earbuds is really nice because if you're doing binaural beats, it actually reprograms your brain. So the frequencies of music and sound help to heal, heal the body. Um, we're for a multitude of reasons. Yeah. Um, but the bedroom should only be used for sleeping and sex. Those two things and everything else should not be included in your bedroom. So if you, you just do a little take stock and see if that's what's going on in your sleeping space and get rid of everything that isn't that. And then that will set you up for a good sleep. And I know a lot of people have the habit of taking their phone to bed. And that's the last thing they do is they'll see whatever is on their feed as the last thing before they go to bed. And often it isn't something that's putting you into a good state of sleep. 
Um, but if you could imagine that you're talking to your, I, I sleep with my grandchildren because they're here frequently. I sleep with them frequently. So we have a little bedtime routine and, you know, they're in the bed and, and I'll just say, okay, guys, you know, like we're going to go to sleep now, close your eyes. And, you know, what are you going to dream about? Is it going to be? And so they'll start talking about what they're going to dream about. So imagine yourself as a child and what you would want yourself to dream about, because I'm sure it is not the stuff that most people are going to sleep in their heads with currently. Um, by by the people's reports, it's like they're thinking about what's going on in the news and the world and their, you know, whatever the horrible, disgusting, dirty stuff is that's on their phones. It's not um, anything to do with what they're dreaming about creating or experiencing or, you know, being in the sun or any of that stuff. So cleaning up that sleep hygiene can really be a big help. And once you're getting four hours a night of sleep, nice, good, solid sleep, you can start, you can pop into polyphasic sleeping, you can check that out. If you're, if you're somebody who struggled with sleep for a really long period of time, um, if you're eating a couple hours before sleep, that's going to affect your sleep because your body is still processing food. So give yourself a couple hours before bedtime with no food. Um, and then that will help you to go to sleep and wake, maybe even wake up hungry. So there's lots of things metabolically that change. Uh, but that's just some, that's some kind of easy, easy things. Yeah. Thanks for asking, Greg. No, you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. So sleep hygiene is that Did your, has your sleep got, you said you've actually had some other experiences. Do you want to share anything else about your meditative experiences? Has it helped you wake up in the morning happier or any of that stuff? Oh, hands down. Like, again, I always talk to people about my energy tank. And when, at the end of the day, those who know me, I'm pretty high energy, right, Kritika? <laughs> so for most of the day. <laughs> so I'm like, by the time I get home and whether I'm playing with my little birds or playing a board game or something, I'm usually just done. So <laughs> I'm ready to hit the hay. And I can tell you, ever since I've been uh, using some of those strategies, Leah, that you shared with me, the binaural beats and just trying different ones. There's so many you can pick from. Make sure they don't have the ads in it that subliminally tell you to go gamble or go to the right. bar in the morning. Right. But uh, make sure you're on the one that has zero ads because uh, the subconscious mind is very powerful. My uh, hypnotist friend, Colin Christopher, will would share that uh, sentiment. Yes. But no, it's been uh, energy tanks 100% um, every single day. And I can actually maintain this energy level now through the day and through the week. And already now we're almost at the end of January. Can you believe it? Of 2021. And we haven't taken our foot off the gas here. Right, Kritika? You just, you're hitting it out of the park. You, Charlie, and a ton of the advisors that are in Thrive Mode, are, I just, I'm so proud of you guys. I can't say that enough. Yeah, it's been really good. Yeah, for sure. This sleep, though, it's like, for myself, it was a kind of a different experience. Maybe other people can relate, but you know, being beside a body for that many years, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it's gone. I started getting colder, uh, like in that whole, like, Oh, how do I sleep now? Right. So that was a big adjustment. I noticed that I sleep way better when I have the kids for the week, when it's my turn to have the kids, I sleep like a baby. Yeah. And when they're gone, and it's just me. I still struggle with the whole sleeping, but yeah. Well Try plugging in, try plugging in a meditation thing. You never know. That might be the ticket to ride the next, uh, the next wave of positivity um, and help, right? And rejuvenation. Yeah, for sure. I can't remember where the heck I learned that at, but like I picked up lots of health stuff just because of all the, you know, trying to make sure my brain is wired for optimal health all the time. Yeah. yeah. And from a preventative standpoint. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can't have pillow fights with myself every night, so... 
<laughs> oh, you should see when I get the little birds riled up. Oh my God, I have a few concussions, I think, since uh, those pillow fights have been going on. <laughs> but it keeps me young, right? <laughs> exactly right. So funny. So funny. Okay, so sleep, that's one thing. How about any other? Um, and you said you had anxiety. The anxiety is better now, though, would you say? Yeah, uh, it, it's in a, it's still there, but in a more of a positive sense. But as a business owner, you're always going to have levels of anxiety. It's mm-hmm. just like I've realized that, right? There's always something that always pops up in my head and I'm getting up at whatever time and going, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. And then like, so it's like a, a healthy, positive anxiety. I don't know if there's such a thing, but um, it kind of gets me going. It's just because I'm very, um, I'm one of those determined and just a hard worker for everything I'm doing right now is for me, right? And the Mm -hmm. children. So that's why. And you said letting go was tough. Uh, This I think is important for business women or men tuning in that letting go of being the boss and showing up for everything with your, you know, for every appointment, how did you actually manage that? If you had appointments booked um, but you knew that you needed to stay in bed for the day for your own mental health. How did you manage that? Did you just call clients and say, listen, love to talk to you today, but I'm going to have to reschedule. Like what was the real world? I think at that, handling it at that time. Yeah. It was my work that helped me through it. Okay. So when I'm down and I'm not feeling, I want to get up because I like maybe cried for the whole night. Right. Mm-hmm. I would, look at myself and be like, get yourself together because you're going to about to do something you really love doing. And I used to say that to myself. So I'd get myself together, drive to the office and I'd be, ah. and then I'd have clients and they'd be like, oh, you look so good. And oh my God. I just <laughs> da, da, da. And then it's like, mm-hmm, thank you. <laughs> and it was enough to just get me through the day, mm-hmm. come home and feel depressed again. So mm-hmm. I noticed real quick that that's what was helping me in the times that I didn't want to do the appointments I would just make calls instead I would just be like hi just like you know checking in making sure that everything's okay and the times that I really couldn't do it and mm-hmm. as much as I tried to force it so that was in the very beginning I would just reschedule them say mm-hmm. going through some personal stuff um, I'd have to reschedule for the next week or two and uh, bring that up that you know critical i'm going to build upon that point you just brought up is it's neat how you took a low energy tank and there's something to be said you fed off the energy of others like because you've got great clients that you work with and you love them dearly i know that was a really interesting perspective you just shared is that you used your vocation your job your career to elevate you and leah we've talked about this getting in the flow for some people is so important you know, sometimes that could be a fight of a separation and divorces. They're stuck in a dead-end job that they hate, and they go to work every day dreading it. Can you speak to that, Leah, a little bit? So, Kritika, thanks for bringing that up. That's a really good point. Yeah, I think we've seen a lot of the disillusion of that stuff this year, of people going to dead-end jobs that they hate because they're they're having it right in their face. Uh, yeah, and as an executive coach and health coach for year, decades now, I, yeah, you see people um people handling it by showing up in the things that they love um, and also spending time in nature which is something we haven't really touched on at all in this 
uh, episode and I'm looking out the window going, it's snowing. So the, <laughs> the closest thing to nature for me today is going to be a snow angel, but that might be have to, you know, all joking aside, it's like, but that's what you, you do, right? You go, okay, well, I got to haul myself out of bed, um, have good, the good sleep hygiene, get up in the morning, look at myself in the eye, take a good look at this, you know, the, the skin that I'm in and love this person love this being for whatever they're going through and then get outside or get some get some sunshine and I know we don't have a lot of sunshine here you know sometimes but sometimes we've got we're very sunny in Alberta so taking advantage of much er, as much early day sun as is humanly possible um, is big so again that's why there's this year's been very weird is because people have been told to stay inside which is criminal um, and so don't stay inside get outside take your mask off, get your fresh air. I'm not saying go hug people who are looking afraid of you, but do you, your, you have a human right to be well. Everyone, it's your human right to be healthy. And so that's part of it. And so our, it's really important that we be immersed in mother nature, not what this thing is, my fake tree. You should come to my office. Uh, Critica was here for a photo shoot yesterday. <laughs> The big beautiful atrium. <laughs> so after this call, I'm going to go to nature over there because it's like part of the. It's like you walk into the Amazonian rainforest. I'm going to go have my coffee and go get some whatever sunshine's beaten down. Why <laughs> Greg's so, looking so good? He's lays in the trees. Yeah. It's getting darker. He has a rainforest out there. It's tanning. <laughs> well, I may as well. There's nobody else here. <laughs> exactly. So. One of the things yeah. I did want to mention was it is important also, like, I I honestly am very thankful that I'm part of a, a BNI chapter hmm. because that really was another thing. They, I don't think my members know how much they did for me mm -hmm. because of the fact, the role that I was playing and I didn't want to let anybody down. And they were just like, hey, Critica, how are things going? And, you know, I, I kept private a lot of the times in terms of my true feelings Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, they did a lot for me. They mm -hmm. did. And they, they were just being themselves and just, we were just running the show. And um, so that's, again, another, like, if you are in a network group, stick with it, right? Because all that energy you're going to be able to feed off and it's going to help you. And they're still going to look at you the same way that they did before. They don't need to know everything about what's going on, but it is very helpful. So. And congratulations on being nominated uh, chapter vice president of the year, despite everything that you've been through. So congratulations, Kritika. Thank you. Thank you. Well, and congratulations, Greg, on being nominated the chapter president. Right? Thank you. Right? Yeah. yeah we, got, we got our emails around the same time. And then actually, Kritika, your president was nominated too. So I sent a congratulations over to her too. She's going to win it though, even though I was nominated. Your guys' chapter is taking it to the next level. But uh, thank you for bringing that up. That having a community and a network. And I keep hearing this common theme, Lee, I've shared this with you, is that collaboration with good people and community. And community goes way beyond the de definition of what we were brought up on community where we grew up. It's now this online world. It's our business network. It's our friend network. It's, it's this whole social media engine, if we use it the right way, community. And just the collaboration is so important in this year going forward. Yeah, we are all connected. So the high vibe raises all the tides. Yeah, yeah. Correct. That's right. Correct. 
be on that high vibration. That is for sure. So um, any final words of wisdom for people who are listening in to today's podcast? Uh, Great. Smile, <laughs> laugh, and have a song of the day. Listen to music, very positive, upbeat music. So, Kritika, do you have any requests for today for the song of the day? I do. <laughs> what would be your requests? Beautiful day by you two. Sure, you don't want. Uh, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. <laughs> We could turn this into an episode of The Bachelorette and The Bachelor because we got like two of the most beautiful eligible bachelorettes here onto whatever screen that way. That <laughs> <laughs> so beautiful. Hey, from you great song. All the UK listeners today are going to love you for this one. So nice. <laughs> um, are you ready for a beautiful day? You want me to sing it for you, Kritika? No, I want to hear the original. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want to butcher the song. Real plants yeah. and yeah, right? <laughs> in the truck, when you see me driving down the road and I've got this on, this is when I will crank and I will be singing it at the top of my lungs. My little birds say, Greg or dad, don't, don't quit your day job. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. Are you ready? It's a beautiful day. The heart is a bloom shoots up through the stony ground. There's no room, no space to rent in this town. You're out of luck. And the reason that you had to care, the traffic is stuck and you're not moving anywhere. You thought you found a friend to take you out of this place. Someone you could lend a hand in return for grace. It's a beautiful day. Sky falls, you feel like it's a beautiful day. Don't let it get away. You're on the road, but you've got no destination. You're in the mud, in the maze of her imagination. You love this town, even if it doesn't ring true. You've been all over, and it's been all over you. It's a beautiful day. Don't let it get away. It's a beautiful day. Oh, oh, touch me. Take me to that other place. Teach me love. I know I'm not a hopeless case. See the world in green and blue. See China right in front of you. See the canyons broken by a cloud. See the tuna fleets clearing the sea out. See the Bedouin fires at night. See the oil fields at first light. And see the bird with a leaf in her mouth. After the floods, all the colors came out. Day, 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 day. It was a beautiful day. Don't let it get away, beautiful day. And then says, touch me, take me to that other place. Reach me, I know I'm not a hopeless case. What you don't have, you don't need it now. What you don't know, you can feel it somehow. What you don't have, you don't need it now. Don't need it now. Was a beautiful day. And there you have it, folks. You too. Good request. I like that one. Very good request. So how can people get a hold of you, Kritika? Um, I have an Instagram account, Kritika Fatal. So spelt F-A-T-A-L. And um, I have a Facebook account as to, a Facebook account as well. Same thing. I think it's Critico Patel. And um, there are some three links. Are you guys going to be posting it under your? Yeah, yeah, I'll be posting it underneath. But as a, when it goes out as a podcast, it's good to have also the audio version of. You can reach me at. 
Okay. Leah Mattinson at Linktree. Oh. You can okay. read Greg at gbird at ppi.ca. And you can reach Critica at uh <laughs> <laughs> well, just call Greg. <laughs> just call Greg. Exactly. Just call Greg. Thanks everyone for tuning you up. <laughs> love you all. <laughs> Invite you all to um, love yourselves. Love each other. Mind your mind. That's all for us. Hope you all have a great week. We'll see you next episode. Peace out. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for being a part of our program today. Master Your Life is a presentation of Leah Mattinson Enterprises, Inc. Join us next time on Master Your Life, helping you to discover the very best of you.